Hello, hello. It's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Welcome back for another week, another episode. I hope everyone is feeling amazing and enjoying this summer. This episode with Kristen Noel Crowley is just fantastic because Kristen is just that girl. She's a beauty icon, a beauty entrepreneur a fashion icon, but she's also funny, wonderfully transparent, and so down to earth. I love following her during Fashion Week. If you guys follow Kristen on Instagram, you know she's front row at all of the best shows, just head to toe dripping in luxuriousness. And her hair and makeup are always just so on point. The outfit too. She's always got like the full package. Now that's my superficial draw to her and her aesthetic. But on a deeper level, she's just such a boss. I first got to meet her in September at the Teen Vogue Summit. And as a businesswoman and as an entrepreneur, what she's built with KNC Beauty is impressive because she's done so totally independently. It's all self-funded and you can tell all of the passion and love that she puts into her own brand and her own product. She's also a working mom. She's got two boys, which I love talking to her about. But maybe it's also because this podcast, Naked Beauty, is independent. And I know what it takes to just craft something on your own and kind of pour your heart and soul into something that I really respect people who do things on their own, because that's when you're really bringing your own vision to life. A lot of people, celebrities, influencers, people on Kristen's level could easily just lend their name to another beauty brand and have them produce a bunch of products for them. But the fact that she's really built KNC Beauty to the vision she had in her head, I think is so impressive. So I love talking to her about that. We also get into the Black Lives Matter movement and how it's impacted Kristen and her family and how important self-care is right now. Definitely look out for the clip that I'm going to post on Instagram where she shares her most embarrassing beauty moment because she shared a picture with me on our video call um, and I'll post it onto at Naked Beauty Planet. But like we all have those moments we look back at and we think, what was I doing? Thank you guys for all of the love and support for this podcast. I appreciate every single listener so much. I also appreciate everyone who puts other friends onto the show. So many people have reached out to me and said, I found the show because a friend of mine, a coworker of mine, my sister, my cousin, my mom told me I have to listen to it. So thank you guys for always continuing to spread the word. Subscribe to the podcast if you're not subscribed. Let's take a quick break. I ask all of my guests to pick a song from the late 90s, early 2000s, a personal jam of theirs. Kristen picked I Want to Be Down by Brandy. So let's listen to a bit of that. We'll have a break and then get into our conversation. Oh, and also, as always, stay tuned for takeaways at the end. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, 
Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Thank you so much for being on Naked Beauty and happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Those birthday pictures, your like quarantine (laughs) photo shoot in Laquan Smith was incredible. Just killed us all. Thank you so much. I was very hot. Oh, in the jumpsuit? Yeah. It was like almost 100 degrees that day. Oh my God. So I'm literally in this like spandex velour jumpsuit which is fabulous but it's also very hot (laughs) so did you just decide like to commemorate my birthday i just want to like take amazing pictures because i look amazing and just share them with all of us well last year i had a party and pictures before the party and i like the idea of having nice photos to commemorate the occasion Um, And then also, you know, just having content in general. So I kind of wanted to do something similar. Obviously, this year, I'm not having a party or anything like that. So I just kind of wanted to really capture the essence of the time that is now, which is, you know, being at home. Um, But I still like I got my hair done, I had my makeup done, and a photographer came over and, you know, shot from a distance and all that stuff. So it was just nice to have those memories. And obviously to, you know, share with the gram. Yes, you looked so good. And I think it was Rory um, who you work with. who said that you're aging in reverse, which I absolutely couldn't agree with more. Like you look so good. That's actually not the case. I just discovered like professional hair and makeup. I'm not Benjamin Button at all. I just know how to make my, you know, I just kind of like discovered like the secrets of things. Like those little, those little tips and tricks that's like, you know, if you look at pictures of me from like 10 years ago, I look crazy compared to now because I didn't, I didn't do anything. So of course I'm going to look like completely different, but I'm definitely not aging in reverse. I really just have a great makeup artist. But I'm looking at you now, you have incredible skin. It's not like you've got on like a full beat right now. Yeah. You look, you look much, you look much younger than your age. I'm sure people tell you that all the time. Yeah. I think I've always looked very young. I remember when I was pregnant with my first child, I was 24. And I just remember like traveling one time. I was, first of all, I've gotten questions. Like if I sit in the emergency exit row, like I've had flight attendants ask me like if I'm over 15. (laughs) I can see that. That's crazy. Like, come on, you guys. But yeah, I remember getting such dirty looks when I was pregnant because I think people thought I was like a teenage mom. Yeah. And I I just felt- Yeah, I felt really like, I don't know. It was weird. I've always looked younger than than what I am. Um, I think it's also partly because how I dress when I'm out. Like I usually, I mean, of course I'll dress up sometimes, but usually I'm in sweats and sneakers and a little t-shirt. So I think people see me and they're, they're, they automatically wouldn't assume that I'm a woman in my 30s dressing like a little kid. Right. And so how old did you just turn? I just turned 34. 34. Okay. Amazing. And I feel like, and maybe this is a stereotype I have of LA, but I feel like there's so much pressure to do like fillers and Botox yeah. and like 
I mean, girls are doing it at like 16 years old and it's like so common in LA. Did you, have you ever Yeah, felt- I do that. <laughs> okay. So let's I'm not talk, even going to lie. Yes. Let's even, talk I don't, about it. I don't believe in not being transparent with things like yes. that because I do think that it sets an unrealistic standard of beauty and yeah. I don't want to be a part of that. So yes, I have had work done. Yes, I do get fillers. I am a like open book when it comes to that because yes. I just think that it's very important for especially young women to realize that um, nobody is perfect. And a lot of the things that you see are highly unattainable unless you're paying thousands and thousands of dollars for it. And especially in LA, like I can see it's, it's much more accepted here. It's a normal thing. Like I've known girls that have gotten their nose done in, at 15. You know what I mean? Like that's like kind of a thing I heard in the high schools here. Like, wow. like literally in Clueless, the movie, like that's a real thing. Like pe- girls will come to school. I've heard with like casts on their nose growing up in the Midwest. That was so not a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's just different. Everywhere is different. Every different place has different things going on and different kind of standards. And I mean, I'm from a small town in the Midwest, but I definitely always knew that I wanted to get some uh, tweaks to myself at a, a younger age. And like, what did you now, want to change? I wanted to change things. I mean, it's a good thing I didn't have money when I was younger. Cause I would have, you know, I would have be botched right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would have went to the wrong person. I, and also growing, I kind of grew up in that era where it was like Pamela Anderson was really popping. And so that was like, the standard of beauty. You know yeah. what I mean? And like yeah. in Playboy girls and like that was like all everybody was talking about. So like I definitely would have looked crazy <laughs> if I had, you know, the means to do those things back then. Now I kind of I try to just do things that are very like minimal and I still like look like myself, but just like a better version of myself. But yeah, I mean, I for me, it's it was stuff that I I don't feel bad about getting. I'm not like one of those those people that's like you have to be natural or you know if you get if you get work done, it means that you don't love yourself or something like that. I think everybody should do what they want to do. I that's couldn't just agree more. Where I stand, yeah, that's just where I stand. Yeah, on. and I also want to. I just want to be open with people. Like, no, I don't normal. I don't. I was not born like this, and I do not wake up like this. So. <laughs> Just putting it out there. No, I think that's so good to say. And also, like, I remember, so I got Restylane under my eyes to, like, fill in the hollows. And it's like, you could spend thousands of dollars on all of the eye creams in the world. Right. Month after month after month. But you're not going to, like, you're not suddenly... get the same effects. Right. And then I did it once and I was like, oh, my God. You're like, why, did it, why did this take me so long to do? <laughs> me so. and my girlfriend always talk about that. Like, had we known these right. things in our 20s like things would be a lot different but you know you live and you learn and you kind of have to figure out things on your own and i'm kind of always on the real self real uh, you know that oh, website. oh my gosh where they re- where you review like they give reviews of all the different plastic surgeons yeah, and doctors. yeah yeah, yeah. It's so addicting like, it's so addictive because i'm literally like that's what i do when i'm very very bored yeah and i just same. go on there and i look at before and after photos and then i'm like do i need this it's a really it's a really um it's a vicious cycle but i do think that if it makes you happy and makes you feel good about yourself then go for it absolutely and i see a lot of men on that site too and like the men look like really good when they do their things i'm like more men need to get into this too yeah yeah 
it's very interesting. I think that men are starting to be a lot more conscious of that. It's interesting. It's, yeah, I just say interesting, interesting times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So you grew up in a small town in Illinois. What was beauty culture like there? Kind of what was your relationship to beauty growing up? I mean, it was kind of whatever I could outsource because there wasn't much going on there at all. I think like the fanciest place we had was a Macy's. So that was, you know, Lancome, L'Oreal. Those were like the brands, right? I got a lot of my makeup inspiration and things like that. I really wasn't into skincare back then, but a lot of my like makeup inspiration came from like Delia's catalogs, you know, or like the little POS at um, Limited 2, you know, it's just like glittery eye gels and juicy tubes or lip smackers or something like that. Like very, very low key kind of amateur stuff. It was such a small place that there just wasn't any, there wasn't really any creativity or any room for that. So I really wasn't able to find my space until I left that environment. Of course, I experimented with things. I had an older sister and my mom was very much a a fashionable and um, elegant woman. I remember Red Door was her fragrance Mm. and it was... You know, the Elizabeth Arden Red Door. Yes. It's so strong and so (laughs) musky. Like now when I smell it, I like gag. But back then, like I remember sometimes I would try to sneak a little spray before I went to school. And my sister, she loved Victoria's Secret's body sprays. So Love Spell was the jam back then. And like Pear Glace, if I remember, I think that's the name, Pear Glace. We had the shampoos, the lotions, the body sprays, the glitter gel for your your body. You know, that's just, that's like really kind of what I remember. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird growing up in such a small town, but I think it kind of really made me have like an innocence towards certain things. Like what we were talking about with LA and how like plastic surgery is so prevalent, so young. Like we didn't have any of that. Right. It wasn't even an option. So I do, I am thankful for growing up in that environment. And what was it like growing up as like a young black girl in that environment? Was it diverse? Were there other, you know, black girls around you in your class? It wasn't diverse. I mean, it was very segregated and we were very much the minority. And then I also like I'm biracial. So it was very, very few biracial people. So there were times where I really didn't fit in and I was called a lot of names and it was tough being different. Going into high school, I felt like I met like a good solid group of girlfriends and that really helped a lot. But yeah, I think as anyone knows, when you're, when you look different and you're in a small town and I was also very skinny, was very skinny. I was like 80, 90 pounds soaking wet. And so that is not hot in the Midwest. That was like, that was not it, you know? So I got teased for that. I got teased for all types of things. I used to be called zebra and Oreo and, you know, people would make fun of me and say I had an eating disorder or I was believed, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was always something. So I definitely was not one of those people that prospered (laughs) in school. I was not popular. I was not that girl. Um, <laughs> so was, was being on like those American apparel, huge billboards, like all over the country, like kind of nice revenge. Like, did people from high school reach out to you? Like, I mean, I honestly like don't even care because 
I don't know. I just like, I don't even think about them. I have like my friends from high school that I'm still friends with and like the other people, like, I mean, I didn't get tortured. You know what I mean? Like it just, it just wasn't my high point in life. And I'm very thankful for that with the American apparel stuff. I don't think that there were any billboards in my hometown. I don't think anybody <laughs> saw them. They were like in, you know, they were in New York and LA and like Tokyo and like random places. But um, yeah, I don't even think they probably, they probably didn't even realize that. So, and my goal is never to get revenge. My goal is just to, you know, follow my dreams and, and make those happen. So if people are mad about it, fine, but that's never, that's never my attitude is like, I want to show I want to show somebody some, you know, I want to stick it to them or whatever. Like I care less. (laughs) So you left the Midwest, you came to LA. When did you feel like you kind of like came into your own aesthetic? Cause I feel like you have a very specific style um, that I love. How did you kind of find your own, like, this is how I want to present myself. This is like my style and how I'm going to present myself to the world. I always had a vision of how I wanted to dress. I just recently have been able to afford that. So I think it was, it just took time and then like refinement and then education as well. You know, like I kind of build mood boards out. Like if I'm on, I'm on Instagram, I have a whole folder of like mood board outfits. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can be honest about like, I'm not going to be one of those people that says that I'm my own. I mean, I am, I feel like my own muse, but I also grab inspiration from all different places. You know what I mean? I really love to emulate the nineties supermodels because I just love brightness and boldness and colorful outfits and high-waisted pants and crop tops and like bold jewelry. Like that's really kind of my um, style. I feel like that mixed with like Carrie Bradshaw, but like a more kind of, um, I don't want to say urban, but oh, just like I want to be like the hood Carrie Bradshaw, you know what I mean? With a with like a dash of Naomi in the '90s and like a sprinkle of Barbie, like yeah. that's kind of the vibe that I like to go for. And then like Aaliyah and Left Eye in the daytime, like that's like my chill kind of style. I'm obsessed with that. So I'm becoming a mom, and mm-hmm. I congratulations! Feel like, thank you. I've talked to other moms about how they've like had to like readjust or like reassess their style after becoming a mom. Um, you, I feel like, have such great style, and you're definitely like a hot mom. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, is that something that you like consciously like thought about? Like, how do you maintain you know your aesthetic even after becoming a parent? Yeah, you're not really going to be able to maintain your aesthetic until your baby is like three or four. Like just okay. to, just to keep it real with you. Okay, thank um, you for that reality check. I breastfed both of my boys for over a year each. And you've got to have access to that. So you've got to have those ugly tank tops that like strap down or those bras. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just very difficult. You've got a young baby that likes to grab at everything. You can't wear dangly earrings. You can't really wear nice necklaces. I mean, you can, but they're going to get pulled and they might break. You know what I mean? You can't really wear, I never, I never wore designer stuff. Even to this day, when I'm like playing with my kids, I'm in Brandy Melville. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, they're boys. First of all, they're super messy. They don't care about, kids don't care about if you're wearing a Chanel top. They could care less. You know what I mean? So it's like, you're going to get it messed up. I honestly, like some of these women that have their like kids and they've got like their full runway look on. I don't know how they do it. I respect it. 
but it's not for me. Like I want to be comfortable. I don't want to be worried about is something going to spill on my shirt or my pants or whatever, you know? So I just rather just bum it and be comfortable and be more present with my children. And then when they're a little bit older, then I kind of can, I can move back into my style a little bit. Okay. That's really helpful to know and very grounding. (laughs) Yes. Um, Let's talk about you as an entrepreneur. So KNC Beauty, what were the seeds of starting your own beauty line and what kind of gave you the motivation to say, okay, this is something that's not just an idea, but an idea I can actually execute and make a reality? It's funny because I have a lot of ideas, but for some reason, this one is the one that I went for. I feel like I'm a very creative person, so I'm always kind of thinking of things. So it's it's very interesting and I think kind of divine intervention of how it happened because I literally am, I'm not that like go-getter person that's going to go out and execute everything that I think of. But for some reason, this idea like really stuck out to me. I was actually on a trip with Dior, who I'm a beauty ambassador for in Tokyo. And um, we had some free time and I went walking around. I went to Don Quixote, which is like the target of, of Japan. And the beauty section is crazy there. It's like a whole floor. It's, it's so wild. I just, I spent like an hour there. I saw these little sachets that have lips on them and it was obviously a lip mask. I got a few and I really liked the idea because coming from the Midwest, I had super dry and chapped lips all the time. So that was always a problem I was looking to rectify and balms and things like that didn't seem to help as much as you would think, right? So I got these masks, I tried them out, loved them, but then I saw that there was like 50 ingredients in one little pouch and most of them were parabens and yeah, I, I just wasn't into that, especially like putting something on my lips that could be indigested right, or ingested. <laughs> yes. So um, I started looking for a natural alternative and it wasn't on the market. And then that's when the light bulb kind of went off, like, hey, maybe you should pursue this. So I did a little research and I talked to some friends and they all thought it was a good idea. And, you know, um, it took me about two years to put it out. And it's funny because about three months before I launched another like already well-established mask brand came out with lip mask. And oh, I had really? told, it was actually like Hannah Brofman. I remember she came to LA, we went and had dinner and I showed her like the samples and everything. And like, we were, you know, talking like so excitedly about it. And then like a week later, she was like, oh my God. And she sent me the Instagram post of lip mask from this other brand. And I was like, no. So that was a really, yeah, that was a really defeating moment because I felt like I worked so hard and somebody kind of beat me to the punch. And is that brand even like around anymore though? Like they are, I'm not going to mention their names, (laughs) but um, they are. And uh, I think they're just, you know, they're just kind of a machine. It's not really, you can tell that it's not really, it doesn't really have a face to it. It's kind of just like, oh, this is a brand, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, the point is that, is that they, they were established, you know? So I felt like, should I put this out? Like, are people going to say I'm copying or, you know, whatever. Anyways, with encouragement from my friends and my husband, I ended up going for it, obviously. And I'm really happy that I did, but that's just to say that there's always going to be obstacles and you're always going to doubt yourself. Even if you, you have the most amazing idea, there's always going to be times where you doubt yourself, but the uh, moral of the story here is like, had I, had I given into that, I wouldn't be where I am today. So right. it's very important to know that 
you are going to feel insecure sometimes. You are going to feel doubtful. There will be no's, but you have to just keep pushing. Yeah. Did you also ever worry about like what made you credible on skincare I'm seeing? So obviously Rihanna's announced Fenty skincare is coming. Uh-huh. We'll see what it's like. Um, but a lot of people are saying, okay, what what makes her an authority or able to put out like a skincare product? Like, why should I trust this person on skincare? I haven't seen that, but I can imagine because people always have something to say. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Rihanna is an authority on anything she wants to be an authority true, on. True, true. So um, I have no qualms with that. Um, me, for instance, I obviously I don't have a degree. I'm not an esthetician. Like I didn't go to school for this. So before like the whole Instagram like business model kind of took over, it was really just like doctors that had developed skincare lines. Like that was all it was, you know? Now I feel like it doesn't matter because, and I know this as being a businesswoman in the beauty industry, when you're working with a lab, you're having chemists that have master's degrees in, in chemistry and, and molecular biology and like all of these things. Those are your experts. Right. You don't have to be an expert anymore. You can say, Hey, I want to design, I want to develop a cleanser that does this, this and that doesn't have these ingredients, but has these and you know, whatever, whatever. And you'll have a professional in their field developing it for you. So for me, I don't really care if someone has, you know, like that background. Cause I know behind the scenes that there is someone that does have that background that's actually developing it. For me, I think that me having experience in the beauty field um, because I wrote for Elle for many years. I think that that definitely helped, but by no means was I an expert. And I think that you don't have to be an expert in anything as long as you have a passion and a drive for it, whether, whether it's skincare, whether it's beauty, whether it's design, like you don't, it's like it, times have changed. You don't have to go to okay. school. You don't have to go to fashion school to be a fashion designer anymore. Right. You know, so it's like the same kind of situation. Absolutely. I love how the products look though, specifically. I feel like the visual, like the aesthetics are so strong. And even you. as you were talking about like Delia's and Limited too, I think about those like star eye patches, like a yeah. little bit of that comes through. And I feel like that's all you, right? Like just thinking about how you want these products to look. Yeah. So um, the thing with our packaging and our design is that um, we're still a self-invested company, a hundred percent still owned by me, still, you know, my money. Every, I don't have an investor. I never have. So um, I had to kind of figure out how I was going to get my products out in the world without spending a ton of money. You know, I don't have a marketing budget. I can't pay people to post like I it's just not something that I can do. My whole idea around design is making it cute enough that people want to post it on their own, therefore promoting it for you. Right. So like when I was doing my research on developing the brand, I read that 60 percent of women will buy a product based on just appearances. And I'm totally in that 60 percent. Like I'll buy stuff just because it's cute. Um, so I knew that it needed to be, it needed to be very pleasing to the eye, you know, as being a quote unquote influencer, I knew that it needed to be Instagrammable. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I know like a lot of like beauty bloggers and stuff, they love the pastel colors. They love the light pinks, the light, the yellows, the blues, the purples, like it's very easy to photograph. So I'm thinking about that when I'm designing, right? I'm thinking about like, for example, like fonts, like the Super Bomb is based off of the 70s movies, Super Fly. Yeah. You can see it in the, in the, um, the font and like, it's just a really cute 
product. You know what I mean? And also, even more so, the ingredient list is amazing. It's animal cruelty-free. It's paraben-free. It's petroleum-free. So for me, um, obviously, formulation is most important, but design is also just as important. The eye masks, for example, were the first ever eye masks to market that were a custom shape. Oh, wow. They all had just that like half moon shape before. So I'm developing this eye mask and I'm thinking, why is somebody going to buy my eye mask over any other eye mask on the market? You know what I mean? Like I need to make this stand out. And then that's, I kind of like was looking through my phone and I was like, okay, I love emojis. So what emoji could I use that would be, that would work for this, you know? And I had to pay a lot of money for a custom mold but it worked out. It's like one of our best sellers. And I get posts every day because people want to take pictures in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it worked out. So smart. You're like Thank a, you. a marketing a marketing genius on the Oh web. my gosh. Not even. No, you definitely thank you. are. You definitely are. Um, KNC School of Beauty, that's been announced to help Black women in the beauty industry. What are some of the things that you are help, hoping to solve with KNC School of Beauty? And why do you think it's sometimes harder for Black women as entrepreneurs in the beauty space? I think in general, unfortunately, from my experience, I don't feel like I'm really taking that seriously. I don't know if it's because I'm self-funded. I don't know if it's because I'm Black. I don't know what the reason is. But um, I think that it's just an extra, you know, it's a it's an extra thing that we have to go through and we always have to go through things being in the minority. So um, it's always going to be more tough for us. You know, they always say like anything a white person does, we have to do 50 times better yep. to get even a, the same, if not less amount of notoriety. Like we have to go that extra mile every time. So I, I think it's the same within the beauty industry. Um, and with the KNC School of Beauty, I actually mentor a lot of young women and I have over the years and I get constant DMs or emails or even if I'll meet people, well, not now, but I used to, you know, meet young girls just on the street and they'd ask me for advice or, or whatever. And, and I, I just kind of wanted to do something, especially now because we're in quarantine and then we've got, you know, this huge movement around BLM. So I'm thinking, what can I do in my industry to help people of my community? And so that's why I thought of the KNC School of Beauty, because it's literally a free platform where we're sharing keys and knowledge and tips and tricks of the trade for free and being completely open and honest about everything. It's just like, why wouldn't you do this? You know what I mean? Like it's, it was a no-brainer to me. Um, everybody has time right now. It was a way that I could help Black female entrepreneurs and BIPOCs, you know, yeah, um, entrepreneurs. So it was it was kind of a no-brainer. I um, I wanted to make it free, obviously, because what I was doing was I was looking at um, summits that I had spoken at at the past, like a Teen Vogue Summit or BeautyCon. They're all amazing, but they're all very kind of shortened. You know what I mean? You'll have four panelists on stage and only be an hour and you're kind of just giving your spill about your business. Nobody's really learning that much because it's just not that in depth. So I wanted things to be, I wanted to have like specific categories like entrepreneurship 101 with Nancy Twine from Briogeo, digital marketing and design with Trinity from um, Gold, 
uh, Learning from Adversity with Melissa Butler from The Lip Bar, who was on Shark Tank and got denied and then and now is one of the biggest selling brand beauty brands at Target. And then like we did investments with Shantae Lundy, who is the owner of Black Girl Sunscreen, who just secured a million dollar investment during COVID. So I wanted each section to be very detailed. I wanted to have a long Q&A. I wanted to have resources for everybody and then opportunities for everyone to participate in afterwards. So then I partnered, I was thinking like, what would be a good corporate partner? I thought of Revlon because they have been supportive. Like ever since I started working with them, they've been very supportive of my brand. They've helped me out at ComplexCon. Like they've done like major things um, for KNC Beauty. So I reached out to them in order to keep the tuition free. I had them donate $25,000 to the NAACP on behalf of the school. Amazing. And then, yeah. And then we partnered with them on initiatives. So we had like four different assignments and one of them was a $10,000 grant from Revlon to start or build your company. So I think all in all, it was really amazing. I think the, the number one thing that I loved, like while we're doing the school, like in the comments, a KNC School of Beauty Slack was started. Love so this it. whole, yeah. So this whole community of all these women and some men, of course, um, now have resources within each other. They're all learning from each other. They're going to each other from advice. Like it, it was, it was just amazing just to see everyone rally around each other. And like to take that initiative to build a, a Slack and a community based off of this was like really awesome. That's like an incredible legacy for you as well. Um, oh, because, I hope so. Yeah. Who knows? First of many, I hope. Yes. But so many brands could be born from this initiative. That's so cool. Yeah. That's the, that's the goal. Well, you touched on it a little bit, but like 2020 has been a really rough year. Um, and there's been a lot to process. Um, mm-hmm. but there's also been, I think, more time in a way to be introspective because we're not traveling. We're not running around. Definitely. How have you been taking care of yourself in like these past few weeks? Yeah, it's been very rough. I think that, and my husband said this too, because I literally had a breakdown. Me and him were racially profiled outside of our store in downtown LA by a white person. And it was so upsetting to me. Obviously, as a, a light-skinned Black woman, I've, I always have a different experience. You know what I mean? I recognize my privilege 100%. And things are always more uh, prevalent when I'm with my husband. And I think I just like everything from the murder of George Floyd to Breonna Taylor to Ahmaud Arbery to like Trump and like everything going on. And then, you know, like being that, that just set me off. You know what I mean? I already had a bad day because this, this like white lady on Instagram tried to come for me. And then when I defended myself, like she added, um, one of my retailers and was like, you don't need to carry her anymore. And, you know, and I'm like, God, this I lady can. literally, exactly. This lady literally came for me. I defended myself. And then it was basically like her calling the cops on me, but like, instead trying to like <laughs> mess with my money, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then like in person, I'm getting me and my husband are getting racially profiled by this dude. And it was just like, so incredible. It was just all too much. And I just broke down. How were you racially profiled? So our store got looted and basically destroyed in LA. I'm sorry. And so yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Um, they took everything. So it was really it was really an awful experience. But you know, it's a small loss compared to 
what everybody is fighting for. And at the end of the day, like that, those material things mean nothing. So if that can and somehow help this movement, I don't think that, I don't think, I know that protesters were not doing this. I know that it was different people, but you know, it's kind of like, it's, you got to just chalk it up. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like you just kind of have to chalk it up and move along. Cause you can't yeah. dwell on things like that. But, um, so basically there were still some people inside. So me and my husband, like we we're, we we're there with the police who took three hours to show up, by the way, I think they did it on purpose. Oh the alarm went off at four. They didn't come till seven in the morning. Shame. And then I saw those videos of, of like police, like sitting in the, in the, um, did you see those videos of like surveillance videos of police, like all these alarms going off and they were just like sitting in the precinct Filling. with their feet up. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but you know, they were super late when they got there. They weren't really trying to do anything. There were people still in the store that were kind of trying to like break out without getting, you know, caught. Um, so me and my husband went around the back and we heard like somebody trying to break through the back door and we're like, what, you know, we're kind of like going back and forth with these people. Yeah. Like, we're like, we're mad, you know? And I look up and this guy is filming us. This white guy is like filming us. And I'm like, why are you filming us? And he wouldn't say anything. And I was like, oh, you think like what? Cause we're black. We're trying to break into the store. Like, you know, and he's like, I don't know what you're doing. I'm just, I'm just oh. here. I'm just, you know, and it was just, I just lost it. I'm not even going to say what I said. I just, I just <laughs> lost it. And then my husband later on was saying, like, I think that all black people are having like a mental breakdown right now, just because we're so conditioned to the, um, to normalize the way that we're treated because it's an everyday thing. We're discriminated against every day. And it's kind of just like, because we're at home, because we're forced to focus on these things, there's nothing to distract us right now. There's no work. There's no travel. There's no sports. There's no entertainment. I think because we're forced to focus on these things, it's like it can consume you. And it definitely consumed me. I was, I was watching a lot of, you know, violent content of like our people being killed. You know what I mean? And not even realizing that like, this, this content is affecting me. And I really went into a depressive state and it took me like, you know, a week or two to get out of that. And I just had to realize like, okay, you want to be educated on what's going on, right? You don't want to be numb. You don't want to be like oblivious to anything. So it's important to, yes, watch these videos and to watch and to learn about our history. Like, I don't know if you follow this one page, Chaka Bars, but yes. Oh my God. Like the stuff that he posts, like sometimes it's just, it's so deep that I'm like, Oh my God. Like the whole world is against us. Like, yeah. why does everyone hate us so much? And it's, it's like, it makes me so sad. You know what I mean? So it's like learning about what has happened to our ancestors and like still to this day, like the systematic stuff that has been set in place is really difficult to grasp. And so, of course, I want to educate myself. Of course, it's necessary. But what I've learned is that I also need to balance that with good things. I need to balance that with Bible study and with funny shows on Netflix or like uh, spending time with my family or connecting with nature. Like I need to just balance all of those things. So that's not all that I'm consuming. Otherwise, it will consume me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's so important that Black people just take care of themselves in this time. This is like yeah. self-care can't be an afterthought. It's like you have to 
radically take care of yourself. And that's, yeah. that's part of healing in this moment. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your favorite products when you're indulging in self-care? First, maybe let's start with like your favorite KNC beauty product, but then also just general, like if you're going to have a full day pampering yourself, like what are the products you love? I mean, I love all of my KNC products. Um, (laughs) One thing that I I don't know if a lot of people know, but with our our last um, launch product, which was the lip scrub, was really important for me because now we have our full lip care lineup which is scrub mask balm. So do that routine. It's going to keep your lips in amazing shape. I love my eye mask. I always do them before a photo shoot. Okay. In regards to other products, let me see. I love this brand. I have it right here actually, because I just ordered some more. Uh, True Botanicals. Oh yeah. Have you ever tried them? Yeah. So um, I love their body mask. Oh, I don't. They have like a body or body peel. It's something like that. Like I'll do that once a week because I used to. I used to get the um, Korean body scrub. Okay. Oh my. Have you ever had one of those? That's hardcore. No, they're fabulous. I I haven't done the Korean one, but my husband's Turkish, and they have like Mm. hamam is like a really big thing where they like you lose like ten layers of skin, Mm -hmm. and you didn't even know it was possible. (laughs) I think that's pretty much the same thing, and it's honestly disgusting. Like this, like when they scrub me, they're scrubbing so hard, and you're seeing the skin, and it's like, ugh. Especially when they get your back, it's so gross. But obviously, with with COVID, I haven't been able to go in months. So I've been doing this body peel from True Botanicals. And then I follow up with their Radiance Body Oil. Nice. And then I also like to do dry brushing. Have you ever tried that? Yes. Love dry brushing. I really like that. And I read that you're only supposed to do it in the morning because it really invigor- invigorates you. So I don't get to do it as much because I like to take showers before I go to bed. Okay. Because I like to go to bed clean and I don't want to, you know, really wake up my skin right before I go to bed but I like to dry brush. I don't even know the brand of that. I think you can get them at Sephora or, you know, it's, or Amazon, who knows? Cleanser wise. I love the summer Fridays amino gel cleanser for my Make light cleanser. Product. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Clidipo foaming cleanser for my like creamy cleanser. So I always do double cleansing, double moisturizing. Okay. What are your moisturizers that you go to? So I like to do serums first. So I'll do a hyaluronic acid serum, like from Barbara Sturm. Oh, first I do a toner actually. Okay. And then um, I'll use a a serum, like a hyaluronic acid serum. Like I love Dr. Barbara Sturm's hyaluronic acid serum. And then for moisturizer, um, it kind of depends. So sometimes I'll use something, if I feel like my skin is really dry, I'll use like the Sicily Velvet Sleeping Mask and I'll just sleep in that thing all night. Lovely. I know I love Sicily products. They're the best. They're so glamorous. Yeah, they are. They're very fancy. I also like the Capture Total face cream from, from Dior. Dior. Yeah. Yeah. And then a little eye cream. I like the Clitipo or the La Mer. You know, I'm like a super skincare snob now, <laughs> which is funny because I used to be so broke that I would go into the department stores and just request samples. Yeah. And now they send it to me for free. Isn't that funny how the world works? <laughs> Full circle moment. I think even now I would I would not pay $100 for like a moisturizer or something now. So it's good that they send it. But um, send it, yeah. Yeah. 
What's it like being a Dior like beauty brand ambassador? Because it looks so glamorous from the outside. Like you're at you're in Paris, you're at mm-hmm. Fashion Week, you're like in head to toe, like runway looks, yeah. you're sitting front row. Like, is it like kind of like a pinch me, oh my God moment? Or are you used to it at this point and like a little bit jaded? I feel like I'm definitely kind of jaded a little bit, but I think I I do put myself in check a lot because it's not something that was handed to me. I had to work very hard to get where I am with them um, because I started working with them, you know, six years ago where, when things were not as diverse as they are now. And I really had to prove myself. My girlfriend, Fanny Bordet Donone, who yeah, is like, oh my God, yeah. Crazy. So that's my best friend and she works for them in their PR department. And she really pushed for me for a long time, but I, of course I had to do my part. So for a long time, I was spending my own money flying to their shows and putting myself up and dressing myself and things like that. And it just kind of recently in the last, you know, two or three years when they started flying me out and putting me up and, you know, doing all these, these things for me, but it was definitely something that I had to work really hard for. And also when you see me at fashion week and you see me in head to toe Dior and you see me looking glamorous, just know that it took like three hours of hair and makeup. And, and then I had to do a mini photo shoot and then I had to run to the show. So it's not as glamorous as it looks because it's not as effortless as it looks. Right. It's a lot of work put behind this one short moment. But yeah, I, I'm very thankful for my partnership with them. I think it's opened up a lot of doors. I'm just very thankful for that partnership with them. And I'm very thankful to Fanny for really pushing for me and like believing in me and making her team believe in me. You know, it wasn't, it, she had to convince people as well. So it was, it was a lot of work on both of our parts. Yeah. She's done amazing things for Giora. She's someone that I would love to interview on the podcast. She's I'll hard talk to, to her. Though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Put in a good word. Okay. One of the things we talked about it a little bit before when we were off mic, but like you have fans, people like love you, but then there's always like, you know, 0.1% of people that have like something negative to say. And it can be, this happens to me. Like I'll look at my podcast reviews on the Apple podcast app and they'll be like positive, positive. And then like one person will say like one negative thing. And it's like just in my head like Mm -hmm. on a loop, like that one negative comment from this one anonymous person. Yeah. Does that happen to you as well? Yeah. I mean, I think the saying goes is if you don't have haters, you ain't popping. <laughs> so I think <laughs> I try to always remember that. But I mean, I'm a cancer. I'm very emotional. I take things very hard. I want everyone to like me. I want, you know, to be friends with everybody. So, you know, being a people pleaser by nature and then also being very emotional is very hard to be, you know, quote unquote, a public figure, because there's always going to be people that don't like you or don't like what you're doing. Or there's always going to, it's like with the thing with Rihanna, it's like, there's always going to be somebody with something to say. So you kind of just have to take it on the chin. You know what I mean? And I need to follow my own advice in that sense, because it it really does bother me. And I hope there's no haters listening that are just now going (laughs) to... be even more mean, but it's the truth. You know, I just, we're all human. And when someone says something nasty to you, if you don't feel a way about it, there's probably like, you might be a little off, you know what I mean? Like there might be something, something, you know, not translating. I think it's a natural thing to feel that way. But then we also have to remember that 
these people that are taking the time out to make anonymous pages and like leave comments and like things like that, like leave hateful comments are really freaking miserable. Right. Like they have to, like, I have never hated someone or like disliked someone that much to make a fake Instagram to (laughs) message them and like say something mean to them. Like you have to be really, really miserable to do that. And that's what I think about. It's like, oh, this person really is, has some internal issues probably, or they're just like a super hater or might be, might be an old ex-boyfriend. I don't know. You know, (laughs) you never know. I just... I, I I always take that into effect as like I've I've heard a saying it's like haters are usually it's usually never anybody that's like doing better than you so you kind of have to just remember that such such good advice <laughs> it's hard though it's, it's hard, hard to follow it's hard any beauty mistakes you've made over the years that you have learned from and you feel like you want to evolve like you know help other people evolve from <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because my mom. I don't know why she had these, but she just sent me these pictures and I'll show you. This is from my prom. Oh my God. Um, in 2003 or 2004, my senior prom girl, I used to, I get really light in the winter time. I get really pale and kind of sickly looking. So I would go in a tanning bed. Now, mind you, this is in like the early 2000s. So it was still a thing back then. I would right. go in the tanning bed and I would tan and I overplucked my eyebrows like crazy. <laughs> what else? I'm going to show you the picture. And I don't know. I don't know if I should. No, definitely. Feel- <laughs> we need to see the picture. We definitely need to see the picture. <laughs> tanning beds were <sighs> such a thing. I feel like they don't even exist anymore. They're, I think they're illegal now. Yeah. I mean, they should be. This, this picture is probably like me looking back, probably one of my worst beauty moments of my life, but I really thought I was doing it. Oh my God. So it was senior prom. I had the hottest guy in school as my date. Um, (laughs) I don't know how I sprung that, (laughs) but, um, I had these eyebrows that had like a chunk in the front and then just a line. Cause that's how my mom used to do hers. And I wanted to be just like her. And then I had this crazy tan and well, let me just show you. Oh my God. Oh my God. But I, okay. I'm <laughs> loving the Disney princess vibes. And I think you actually look really cute. Oh my gosh. Bless you. Look at Wait, this with the gloves. You see the oh gloves? Oh my God. Oh wow. You are like much darker. <laughs> there. But it's kind of a vibe. Well, I need, I'm wearing a, like a hot orange dress. I couldn't be like pasty wearing hot orange, but okay, true. You know, now if I get really pale in the winter time, I'll do like a self tanner, you know, it's just different times. You know what I mean? Like if I would have had a professional makeup and hair artist back then, I probably would have looked bomb. Yeah. And honestly, I was killing it that night. I will say (laughs) out of everybody at my high school, I was killing it. But, you know, that was, what, oh 16 years ago. T- trends are different. Times are different. I think, you know, just looking back, like even looking back at like my wedding photos, like I didn't even have professional makeup and hair for my wedding. Oh, really? Yeah. You just did it I just, on your own? I just, like I, back then, I just really wasn't like that girl. Like I just didn't. I was all about skin. I was never, I've never been a a makeup girl. I literally just started getting, I think Dior actually was the first time that I started getting like 
a professional makeup artist. And I'm then I'm, now I'm seeing like, wow, this makes a huge difference. You know, like even I can do my makeup pretty well, but it's still, it never touches even like an amateur makeup artist. I don't know what it is. It's just something about like somebody else doing your makeup and properly setting it and p- properly blending it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's never the same. Yeah. It's never been my forte. So there's many, many times where I have looked a mess over <laughs> my life. <laughs> we all have. We all have. Okay. Final question. When do you feel most beautiful? I feel the most beautiful when my loved ones compliment me. So whether it's my husband or my sons, like the other day I got my hair done and Luke, who's four years old, just... I didn't ask him like, how does my hair look? You know, I've learned to not fish for compliments with, with men in general, my boys and my husband, I just came into the room and he said, I like your hair, mommy. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like that made me smile so big, you know? And I think, um, my husband is just like very kind of chill and laid back. And honestly, we've been together for so long that he's so used to seeing me any and every way that um, when he compliments me, it's also very special because it's like, wow, he really took notice of I cut my hair or I got, you know, I did a, a new makeup look or something like that. Like, it's always nice when he notices like the little things, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. definitely, I feel my most beautiful when the people I love compliment me. <laughs> oh, I love that answer. I love that yeah. answer. Well, thank you so much for being on. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and you I, I'm like, you have to let me know when the super bomb gets restocked so I can get this rose. I have some at my house. I can send you some. Look, okay. I have one right here. I'll send you one. Oh my gosh. And I'll amazing. send you our new face mask that you could try. <gasps> okay. I'm so and excited. And I also wanted to say good luck on your labor. Thank you. Your delivery. And you. being a mom is going to be the best thing. Thank you. And you're having a boy, right? Yes. Having a boy. Yeah. You're going to love having a boy. They are so attached to their moms. Like me and my my sons are obsessed with me. It's literally like there's nothing like a mother and son bond. It's so special. You're going to love it. Okay. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Of course. All right, guys. Um, I will be back with a new episode next week and I will drop links in the show notes so you guys can get to know Kristen and shop all of her amazing products. Thank you. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, wasn't Kristen just a breath of fresh air? Just such 
a wonderful person and so transparent and so candid and funny. I really liked talking to her. First takeaway, there's nothing wrong with a little filler. If you want to get work done, it doesn't mean you don't love yourself. I think that's really important to remember. I certainly spent a lot of time scrolling on that website, The Real Self, when I was looking for fillers. And the thing that actually convinced me to do it, I saw a lot of men that got fillers in their under eye area. And I saw how good it looked. And I was like, wow, it makes such a big difference. And something that I had felt an eye cream wasn't going to do the job. So I got it done. And I was really happy with the results. I haven't done it in a while. Obviously, you guys know I'm pregnant. But I think that plastic surgery, it's a very fine line. You can do plastic surgery and go too far. And it could be a symptom of something deeper, like a lack of self-acceptance or lack of self-love. But it doesn't have to be. And I think it's so important that we remove that stigma. The second takeaway I had from Kristen So she was teased a lot in school. She was teased for being biracial. And then she was teased for her weight, for being too skinny. People called her anorexic and bulimic. So I asked her by the time she became this like hot American apparel model and had billboards everywhere, did it feel like revenge? And she said, my goal is never revenge. It's always just to accomplish my goals, which I think is really great. I I feel like I'm petty. And so I would be like, yes, revenge. But she's just so focused on running her own race. And I thought that was such a great reminder. Takeaway number three, you can have an idea And someone can have that same exact idea, but it shouldn't stop you from following your dreams or reaching your goal because your execution of that idea is going to be different. Kristen was encouraged to launch KNC Beauty despite this larger brand launching a similar product right before her because she knew she was going to do it her way. So obstacles and things like that will always come up as you're trying to build something, but don't let it deter you because your version of something is never going to be the same as someone else's. Takeaway number four, I just love what she's doing with the KNC School of Beauty and this idea of giving back for this next generation of beauty entrepreneurs. It would be like if one day I started Podcast Academy for young women that wanted to start their own podcasts and I could like say, okay, this is going to be my legacy. I'm going to have all of these um, younger women start their own shows, which would be amazing, maybe one day. But I think it's so important that as we all find success in our careers, that we think about ways to give back. And I love that she's doing that. Takeaway number five, she quoted the saying, but I'm just going to repeat it. If you don't have haters, you ain't popping. So when people have bad things to say about you, just know they're coming usually from a place of jealousy. I included this takeaway because it's something that I have to remind myself of. When I do get the odd negative comment, they don't happen often. But when they do, it really hurts because you think like, wow, I work so hard. I put myself out there. It's disappointing to know that people have anything negative to say. And the love far exceeds the hate, right? So seeing all of the positive messages, all of the positive reviews, that makes me feel so great. And it reminds me, okay, there are people that really appreciate the show and love what I'm doing. But yeah, those those mean comments do sting. And I think that when you get to her level, people also just forget that you're human and people just make these negative, nasty comments. So I, I liked her perspective on it and just putting into context that you should actually have empathy for people that have negative and not kind things to say about you. So those were all of my takeaways. Would love to hear what you guys thought of the episode. DM me on at Naked Beauty Planet, or you can hit me up on my personal Instagram account at Brooke DeVard. Always love chatting with you guys. And I'll be back next week with a new episode.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 